Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. It's actually Memorial Day weekend. So I hope that all of you are taking this opportunity to be still, get weird in nature, and cultivate your chi, right? It's the perfect time. You have no excuses. I'm actually beyond stoked and excited. I will be cultivating my chi in a very kick-ass way this weekend. I'm flying up to Maryland to get a quantum healing session with a student who worked under Dolores Cannon. And uh, these sessions are pretty pretty out there, but they're pretty awesome. Um, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I just haven't been able to fit it into my schedule. And so, uh, and the other thing is, is these practitioners are very hard to get into. Uh, many of them have wait lists uh, and schedules that go out six months to a year. And before Dolores Cannon died, her wait list was 16 years. So I was finally able to get in with a session. It was actually a, a funny story. She and I were scheduled not to uh, have this appointment until September. And lo and behold, this one session came up and she actually does have a wait list, but she actually felt compelled to give it to me. So I know that there is a reason why I'm being called to go see this gal. And these sessions help you tap into your higher awareness without the ego getting in the way. So my hope is, is that I can accelerate my intuitive abilities and open them up further uh, for my floor plan readings. I'm already able to place my hands on a, a plan and get information but I've been told by other healers that my true gift is going to be uh, to pinpoint the one thing. Right now, I'm seeing several things that are causing uh, kinks in the energy. But my, my true gift will be that I will be able to pinpoint that one thing that is the biggest kink in the energy and then clear it with a simple technique. But that technique has not been revealed to me yet. So... I know, I know, this may be weird to some of you who may be just finding this podcast or, you know, maybe, um, you know, I don't always go into the, the total weird on this show, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that whenever I have, um, you know, just an opportunity to expand my consciousness, I've always said that, you know, if you tell me to stand on my head naked and sing show tunes and it's going to benefit me or others, hell, I'll do it. I'll try anything once. <laughs> so I will report back to you uh, next week. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this goes and to see the information that is revealed to me. I think that as we are heading into, you know, I don't know if any of you, many of you may have, many of you may not have heard about this idea of ascension where we are starting to uh, accelerate and elevate as uh, the human race starts to raise its consciousness slowly but surely. 
Um, but I'm excited to um, just have this opportunity to finally be able to get into a practitioner. I've been trying for about two years now, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of people awaken. I'm seeing a lot of people get into things like feng shui and crystals and energy healing and all of these things that, you know, 25 years ago, I've told the story on this show about me trying to get my first deck of tarot cards. It was, there was just so much judgment uh, and ridicule around it. And, you know, the things today that people do that are considered everyday things were not acceptable 20, 25 years ago. You know, there was a lot of uh, criticism around it. So people are definitely starting to awaken and they're ready for this information. And so I'm really excited to see what comes to me, what happens, um, and how it's going to benefit the world. I mean, it's one of the, the reasons that I have the YouTube channel and this podcast and why I write so many blog articles is to just get information out to people and to serve, you know, how to uh, expand consciousness and help others elevate and cultivate their chi. So I will report back to you next week. I have intuitive and astrologer uh, Susie Wright on next Friday and she's actually here from Nashville but uh, I think it'll be fun um, just to reveal uh, what this session did, how I opened up from it, what I learned from it and she is a perfect uh, person to kick off that that timing for all of this. So anyways, today I have on researcher Courtney Ackerman but she isn't just any researcher she actually specializes in compassion and well-being. What I loved about this interview is that we focused on what makes us flourish, what elevates us rather than, you know, focusing on the crap that doesn't serve us, all that negative stuff that we often see on the news and, you know, hear about online. And the thing is, is that when you're getting berated by all that negative stuff, it can be really hard to rise above it. How do you find gratitude when you're in those icky feelings? Well, first, you have to be positive, right? You have to to have spiritual matter in your life and you have to have ways to lift your chi and to feel better. You know, those elevated emotions that I always talk about, the above the cross emotions, so that you can find gratitude for the most mundane things like a fork. Yes, you heard that right, a fork. Imagine trying to eat a salad without a fork. Man, that would be really messy, right? So we actually talk about that in the show today, about how to find gratitude for the little things, the everyday things that because they're always there and we always expect them, we take them for granted. So today is about connecting to true gratitude. Gratitude about the mundane things that mean the most and make our lives better, but we always overlook because they're always there. That's what today's show is going to be about. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I have on positive psychologist, Courtney Ackerman. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. So Courtney and I uh, were talking a little bit before the show. We actually have a lot in common. If you guys, um, you've heard me talk about on the show, Easy Everyday Habits to Be More Eco-Friendly. If you've read the book, I talk about uh, me growing up in my farmhouse with my hippie mother. 
um, and all the, the funny things that went down. And that actually happened in Montclair, California. And Courtney actually went to school in Claremont, which is just like a stone's throw away from the house. So <laughs> this is going to be a very fun conversation. <laughs> right. We have a lot in common. Yeah. So you are a researcher. And what I really love is as I, as I was doing research on you, um, you know, you really specialize in compassion and just this overall, um, you know, study of our health and well-being, which I think is great because I think this is an undervalued um, and understudied subject. And mm -hmm. before we really dive into all this amazing work that you're doing, first off, I want to know how, how did you get into this field and then explain to the audience what the heck it is? What is a positive <laughs> psychologist? Right. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a term that not many people are probably very familiar with unless it's something that they have specifically sought out. Um, it's still a relatively small subfield of, of psychology. Um, so yeah, I'll give a little description. Um, first of all, I kind of got into it by accident. Um, I was finishing up my bachelor's degree in psychology and I was thinking I was going to go into uh, an organizational psychology, so or, or psychology applied to the workplace. Um, and I was looking around at different programs, and I happened upon an organizational behavior program at um, Claremont. And then I saw, you know, another little tab on the side of the screen that said positive organizational psychology. And I thought, what's that? Positive organizational psychology. Clicked on it, um, read a little bit about it, and thought, wow, this is perfect. This is great. Um, really interested in this. Read a little bit more about it, uh, and then applied for the PhD program there, and luckily got in. Um, so I kind of found it by accident, uh, which is probably how a lot of people find it. But um, a basic description of positive psychology is uh, it's, it's psychology that's focused on what makes us thrive what makes us flourish, uh, and just all of all the good in life. Uh, for many decades, psychology has really been focused on the negative. You know, it's focused on uh, abnormal psychology and pathology, and and trying to bring people who are who are you know way below average up to average. Right? We want to help people who are really struggling get to good enough. Um, and that's great, and that's certainly a worthwhile endeavor. Um, but we've we haven't paid much attention to how to get people from average to above average. And so that's what positive psychology is all about. It's about studying the positive outliers, uh, looking at the people that do great things, the people that overcome um, amazing obstacles, and seeing what we can learn from them and how we can apply that uh, to our own lives, to take ourselves from just doing okay to doing great. I love that. And I love that you say... Uh, quote unquote, that you found it by accident. In, in our world on this podcast, it's, it's never an accident. It's all by <laughs> synchronicity, right? <laughs> right, right. There's always a reason for everything. And it's like spirit is guiding you like, hello, Courtney, come this way. <laughs> yep. Yeah, perhaps. Um, but I love this idea of, you know, uh, a field that is actually encouraging um, the study and research behind what makes us flourish. I mean, 
holy crap, what a concept, you know, I think you're right. It's always about the negative and focusing on, you know, how we're failing and how we're doing everything wrong and how everything stems from our childhood. And it's like, you know, <laughs> we, we just get thrown down this rabbit hole of fear and doubt and unworthiness and deservingness. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, well, hey, what if instead we focused on how we can thrive? Oh my God, what a concept. Right? <laughs> What a concept. Absolutely. I think it's easy for a lot of us to get trapped in a sort of downward spiral, um, thinking about the bad things in life. It's, it's easy to sort of go down that rabbit hole. Uh, and positive psychology is all about saying, hey, look, there's another direction you can go. We can go up instead of down. So, you know, it's funny because um, I don't know if you know who Jessica Utz is. She's um, a, I really found like as I was doing research on you, I just kept thinking, wow, like Courtney is really the Jessica Utz of like compassion and kindness for data and research. <laughs> the, um, for the listeners, uh, Jessica Utz is a professor at the University of Irvine and she's like this kick-ass powerhouse in the world of statistics. And she's listed in a lot of um, big time books that are spiritual, but also need scientific statistical backing. Um, I know that Mark Gober in the end of Upside Down Thinking and uh, Real Magic from Dean Radden, there's, there's been a lot of books that have mentioned her. And I really felt like you are um, her in the research and data of positivity sector. Um, wow. Well, that's quite the uh, compliment. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I think that for one, I'm, I'm definitely putting you up on a pedestal because you're kicking ass and taking names and you're female. So I have to, right? <laughs> I <laughs> hear focusing you. on the positive rather than the negative, which, you know, right there in and of itself is, is something that needs to be promoted and um, really uh, just, we need to pay attention to that because we haven't. And that actually, you know, I think that empathy and compassion are so lacking in our culture. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're doing, you know, in this idea of researching it and, you know, you do a lot of surveys for companies and things like that and really helping understand the human condition and how we can thrive. I'm curious, how do you think that your work is changing our outlook on, you know, kind of getting away from that negative and really focusing on the positive and creating change? Mm, that's a big question, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm just one person in a in a sea of people trying to contribute what I can. Um, so I wouldn't say that my work in particular has has a huge impact, but I do uh, definitely try to promote the positive. I try to help people learn how to look on the bright side and not, not in a Pollyanna sort of everything is rainbows and sunshine way, uh, but in a more realistic but optimistic way. Um, and so a lot of the writing that I do is focused on positive psychology and related topics. Uh, it's about <clears throat> how to, you know, be more grateful, how to be more optimistic, um, how to boost your resilience and your emotional well-being. Um, and then also, because I, I certainly don't uh, ignore the negative and the uh, sort of unfortunate downsides that we all um, experience in life, uh, I also write about how to incorporate positive uh, concepts and positive techniques into therapy, uh, which I think is really, really important. Um, and then also I do some work with companies, uh, some of them on subjects like employee engagement um, and I've worked on some 
compassion-related surveys and scales. Uh, I, I just like to remind people um, that there is there's a, a benefit to be had from considering the positive. Uh, I think a lot of companies just want to make sure that their employees aren't too angry, you know, too upset, too disengaged. Uh, but I like to help them see that it's not just about keeping them at a, you know, ho-hum, everything's fine level. Uh, they can really benefit from taking their employees from average to doing great, to super engaged, to very happy with their jobs, to very satisfied. Um, and it will pay off, not only in terms of just sort of that feel-good factor, but also in terms of the bottom line. Um, unsurprisingly, when people are very engaged and very satisfied with their jobs, they're more effective. Yeah, and productive. Yes, definitely more productive. And I, I think that that's what's so um, awesome about, um, I'm really starting to see a movement. I've worked for myself and I've owned my company for 15 years and I've really started to see a seismic shift happening, not only in corporations, but even, you know, within small companies where it is, there's a, a greater uh, investment incurring for um, emotional intelligence, empathy, compassion, kindness. And I feel that you're right. It is an investment that pays off because when somebody is happy, a lot of corporations in the past have thought, well, you know, we'll just throw more money at them or, you know, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll use scare tactics and bully them because if they have the fear of losing their job, then they'll behave. And it's been more control tactics rather than, but how do you feel? Are you happy? Do you like what you're doing? Because it's not necessarily all about money. It's when they go home at night, you know, there was a um, article that I read, I don't know, it was about three years ago. And it said that, the person that makes 50 grand a year is actually just as happy and often more times happy than the person who's making millions of dollars a year because they're completely cared for. They have a roof over their head. They can afford everything that they need. And it's, you know, that it's that emotional intelligence. It's that emotional empathy. It's being taken care of. They have all of their wants and needs taken care of and they mm -hmm. have less stress than the person who's making millions. So they were calling it the sweet spot, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I think there's a um, lot to that. Definitely there is. I think that has been updated recently. And of course it depends on where you are um, because 50,000 in California is going right. to get you something very <laughs> different than 50,000 in say Wyoming. Um, but I think the sweet spot is around 70 to 75,000 now. Um, but yeah, that's, that's at the point where uh, on average, people have a roof over their heads. They have clothes to wear. They have food to eat. Um, they're not worrying about where their next meal is coming from. And when you think along those lines, um, sure, you, you absolutely need money, <laughs> you know, to, to have a happy and healthy and, and balanced life. But after that, after getting to that, that minimum threshold, more money really has no statistically significant impact on your happiness. Um, you know, sometimes more money does equal more problems. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Jay-Z was going to come into this. <laughs> Jay-Z always finds his way into right. it. <laughs> well, and I think we're going to talk about gratitude here in a minute because that's really what I want to dive into because I think gratitude plays a huge role. But 
um, I went down a, a, a little bit of a rabbit hole. I went to psychologyprogram.com, which is where you write several articles. Um, you actually contribute weekly. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed your article. One of the things that I talk about a lot on this show is um, I, ta- I have a, a thing that I say above and below the cross emotions. And so below the cross is just, it's all the shitty emotions. You know, it's the fear, the guilt, the shame. You know, it's just all the, the crap that makes us not feel so great. And then above mm-hmm. the cross is just, love and kindness and compassion and empathy and it's really all the goods and you have this great article it look i think you you have put this up recently but it was called what are positive and negative emotions and do we need both mm-hmm. and i thought yes. that was such a great question because you know on this show i talk a lot about you know screw the below the cross emotions we just want to be in the positive we want to stay in those <laughs> But I think you bring up a valid point because you say two things that negative emotions give us a counterpoint and negative emotions also help us grow and develop because, you know, by understanding that negative, we can better appreciate the positive. Mm-hmm. So can you expand on that? Cause I thought this was such a great point. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's something that everyone sort of instinctively understands, um, if you've always had uh, a life where you're not worried about food, if you grew up in a stable family, um, dinner on the table every night, it's you, you don't really appreciate every single meal as much as you probably could. Um, but if you talk to someone who, who experienced uh, food instability as a child, someone who went hungry some nights, um, if they are now getting a, a good meal um, every night without you know, fail, they appreciate it a lot more. And it's the same thing with emotions. Uh, if we were happy all the time, we wouldn't really appreciate being happy all the time. It, it, takes, it takes kind of a roller coaster ride, if you will, of emotions. And it takes the dips to really appreciate um, the crests. I think that's a valid point because I'm always pushing people to be in the positive. So I like that because I think that it it does help us to better understand, you know, it's so funny because I just got back from um, a trip up North and my girlfriend and I, you know, I'm big on gratitude. Um, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of research myself on gratitude and how it, you know, changes our chemical makeup and it changes our chemistry and it changes our brain chemistry and, I'm a big component. I have like, you know, I I really push gratitude and I think, um, and she and I, we were actually uh, cracking ourselves up because we were, you know, explaining how we should be grateful for the forks that we, you know, were eating dinner with that night, like that we were getting to that, (laughs) to the minute level of gratitude. Right. And I think that, um, you know, I, I really understand this point of appreciating our negative emotions because it does really push us into, um, being a lot more grateful for the goods in our life and seeing um, really the mundane as the goods, not the big, loud, gregarious, you know, roars that happen in our life, but the mundane, like having a fork, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> really the little things. But I do know that I've got people that listen to this and, you know, they are battling negative emotions. And I'm just curious, you, you've done so much work around this. For those that, you know, do feel like they keep defaulting to those negatives and and can't get to the positive, how do you 
how do you help someone get into a positive attitude when there's so much negativity on social media through news? I mean, even friends and family automatically, you go to a birthday party or something and it automatically, the conversation defaults to the negative, not the positive. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a cultural problem on so many levels, but you know, how do you help someone to kind of shift that and, and start to get into that positive attitude? Because that is necessary. You have to get there first before you can start being grateful, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, although I do think it's sort of a feedback loop in which you can practice being grateful, um, almost like a fake it till you make it sort of situation. You may not actually feel grateful at first, but the more that you practice gratitude, um, because it is a practice, it's not just an emotion that you feel, um, it's a practice. And the more that you practice it, the happier that you're going to feel. Um, the more you're going to start focusing on the positive, the less salient uh, the negative things will feel to you. Um, but Absolutely. My advice for anyone struggling with uh, negative emotions, struggling with depression or anxiety or anything that's really weighing them down, uh, it just takes practice. Um, And that's sort of good news and bad news. uh, because It's good news because it means you don't need anything really special. You don't, you don't need to go to a specific resort and, and take, you know, a retreat or you don't have to take a specific class. Um, all you need is a few minutes a day to start with um, and just a, an exercise or two that can help you start to focus on the positive. Um, but then, of course, the downside is, yes, it, it takes work. Uh, there's no easy button. Um, even for people who are struggling with a mental health disorder and are taking um, medication and, and seeing a therapist to help with that, uh, that's sort of necessary, but may not be sufficient. Um, even then, there's no pill that you can take to just completely fix you. Um, it still takes work on your part. And that's hard for some people to accept. It's it's certainly hard for me to accept sometimes. You know, I think, why do I have to try? I should just be able to be happy. You know? Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> And I guess there are a couple lucky people out there maybe that just are sort of always happy, but uh, that's not many of us. Uh, and yeah, it, it just takes some sustained effort and it, it doesn't take much. Um, and you really do get in the habit of it pretty quickly. Luckily. I would agree with that. I, you know, I think the more that you pay attention to it and the more that you practice it, um, I think that what happens is you, you start to move through the emotions much quicker rather than getting in that feedback loop of, you know, a month, six months, 20 years, it's like you learn how to break out of it. And I will suggest, um, and if you're a client of mine, you may have heard me say this at one point or another, I I encourage many of my clients to um, do good deeds, you know, give back to people because that's always a great way to boost morale and, and make yourself feel really good. I mean, it just feels really good to give to people, but also, I have a a practice called gratitude and grateful for. And so it's kind of like a joy journaling. And what I do is I encourage people to seek joy and every day seek three things and they can be, I actually encourage you to find mundane things because Mm -hmm. um, the mundane I think is where the gold lies. I think that, you know, if you can, really be happy that you did, you know, yeah, yeah, you ate your salad today with a fork or, you know, um, 
I was grateful when I went and saw my girlfriend that I was able to find a vegetarian egg roll that rocked my world. Like, you know, so <laughs> mundane, but like it rocked my world, like little things like that. Or uh, like today, uh, my project manager, Deborah, came into the office today and she gave me eco wraps. They're like these beeswax wraps that you can put like over fruit or leftovers or things like that, but they're reusable so that you don't have to use things like tinfoil and things like that. And I had a set and I lost them. And so she brought some into me. And so that is going to be going in my joy journal just today because it brought me so much joy. But <laughs> I think when you seek things out, you get excited at the end of the day to be able to go, oh my God, I'm going to put this in my joy journal today. I'm going to, I'm going to put this in. And I, I think that it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, about you know just this idea of how can I really thrive? How can I really make myself feel good? Rather than focusing on the negative, you're actually seeking out those little mundane things that really bring you joy throughout the day. And I think right. that, that can boost morale. Absolutely. It really is about, about the little things uh, because it's, it's great to look forward to, to a big event, right? To, to getting married, to going on a vacation. Um, it's having wonderful to have, yeah, yeah, having a baby. It's, it's wonderful to have big things like that to look forward to, but that can't happen every day. <laughs> right. Uh, we can't have something big and monumental happen every day. So real true joy is found in enjoying the little things in your life. Um, and I think once you start down that path, you start to see that they, they're not really so little after all. They seem little. Uh, and then you, you think about, well, what would life be like without them? So you mentioned the fork. Uh, if you've ever had a salad or, or any food that you are really hungry for or, or excited to eat and, and you don't have a fork, then it's a, it's a lot easier to appreciate when you do have a fork. Right. It's hard to eat a salad without a fork. It is. It's doable, but experience. it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or go to a bathroom with no toilet paper. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yep. you, you could say that's a little thing, but it's pretty big in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, it, it, ne it never fails, right? You end up in that stall that mm -hmm. has no toilet paper. And man, Always. are you so grateful when you find toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's the little things. Yep. And I think that's a really great um, segue. You've got this great um, book. Um, I want to first talk about My Pocket Positivity. It's, it's called My Pocket Positivity. Anytime exercises that boost optimism, confidence, and possibility. I want to know what is this book about? And, you know, when you wrote it, what was it that you were really hoping people would, you know, glean from it? Um, so what, it, what it's really about is, is sort of exactly what it sounds like. It's a way, it's, it's a little thing that you can carry around with you. It's a pretty small book. Um, I don't know if you have a physical copy of it, but of course there's uh, digital copies as well. Um, but it's a nice little pocket-sized book that you can take with you just about wherever you go um, and pull it out when you have five minutes. And you'll find an exercise in there to help you put just a little bit more positivity into your day. Um, it's something that you can use uh, multiple times a day, something that you could use once a week, uh, whenever you just feel like you need a little boost, whenever you're feeling a little down or, or maybe you're starting a gratitude practice and you want to dig out a, an exercise to help you feel more grateful. Um, so that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about helping people find ways to focus on what's good uh, in life and, and put a little bit less focus on the negative. Um, and so Amen. that's what, yeah, <laughs> right. 
it's easy to do, but it doesn't help us. Um, so that was, that was my aim when I wrote it. I just, you know, I, a lot of people think that I am a particularly positive person because, you know, I'm a positive psychologist. I write about positive psychology all the time, but honestly, I wouldn't say that I am inherently a positive person. Um, I think I'm a bit of a pessimist and I use things like these exercises all the time to, to boost myself, to, to give me, um, a little injection of, of positivity and help me change my mindset. Um, so I thought, well, if something helps me, then maybe it can help someone else. Um, you know, not all of these exercises are, are peer reviewed and, and, uh, researched, uh, to the gold standard, but you know, if, if they help one other person, then, then I think it was probably a good idea to, to write the book. Well, yeah, and anything that promotes positivity, again, once a, con you know, it, it's this whole idea of what a concept of, hey, let's be positive instead of negative. Can you give us an example of one of the exercises that's shared in the book to, you know, is it a matter of, I'm having a really shitty day, I didn't have a fork with my salad, and I'm just kind of plummeting, and now I'm tired, and I don't like my coworkers, and you know, I'm just, I'm going down a spiral. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I pull out my pocket of positivity, and you know, what, do I open it up randomly, or how does it work? Mm. Uh, well, I wrote it in such a way that you can really just sort of let it fall open, uh, you know, pick a page at random if you're in the mood for, you know, something random. Um, but it's also organized uh, in chapters by topic. So if you're feeling like you need to be a little more optimistic, there's a chapter for that. If you want to focus on being more grateful, um, there's a chapter for that. So whatever you're really feeling at the moment or, or whatever you're trying to um, – trying to inject into your day, uh, you can go to that specific chapter and choose one of those exercises. Um, I don't have the book in front of me, but there are a, a lot of exercises in there um, that can help. And some of my favorites are uh, pretty much what you talked about. It, it's, it's finding little things to be grateful for. Um, so maybe your exercise is you, you get your journal at night and you write down three good things. Um, that's one that has actually definitely been, um, validated by science back in, I think 2002 or 2003, um, researchers published a study on how effective that is versus journaling about nothing at all, anything that came to mind or journaling about, you know, your burdens. So it's all about, um, counting your blessings instead of your burdens is sort of their, their name for the exercise. And a lot of the exercises in my book are, are sort of variations on that. So it's stopping wherever you are in the middle of your day and looking around you and finding three good things. Or it's um, stopping to make a list of all of the wonderful people in your life that you're grateful for. Little things like that that only take a couple minutes, um, but that can have a pretty big impact, especially if you practice them regularly. Yeah, and I think that that can... I you know, as humans, we love to overcomplicate things. And if it's too <laughs> simplistic, you know, it's like, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think what is really profound about um, 
one, thinking in a positive way and, and trying to put a spin on it. You know, if we go back to the example of I didn't have a fork with my salad, my coworkers are driving me nuts. I'm having a really shitty day. You know, I got a parking <laughs> ticket, you know, and you're, you're kind of spiraling. What you don't realize is that when one negative thing happens to you, you are emitting a chemical response. It's literally showing up in your energy field. And so that attracts another negative event. And that's why typically when you're having a quote unquote bad day, you continuously have bad events going on because it's almost as if you are attracting it. You really are attracting it. Right. So I think what's really great is that I would call my pocket positivity and we're going to talk about your gratitude book as well. Um, to me, these are game changers because what it does is it's a disruptor. It literally breaks the train of thought. It breaks the emotion that you're holding on to the negative, And it puts you in a different state of emotion. It puts you mm -hmm. in a place of compassion. It puts you in a place of kindness. It puts you in a place of gratitude. And it literally changes your chemical makeup because you're thinking about things that elevate you and make you happy. So that's obviously going to emit a different frequency. Right. Different vibration. And so if you, you know, you have all these crappy things happening to you and you're like, I freaking love my husband. I love my car. You know, whatever it is. I love <laughs> my fork that I found and was able to finish <laughs> my salad. Whatever it is, I think that, you know, because I've done this, I, I have, I've had days where, you know, I, I really do try to seek out my three things. Like, and then sometimes what's so much fun, oh my God, y'all, if you're listening, like set everything down, stop what you're doing. The best thing is, is when you have so much good shit, you have like 10 things to put in your joy journal that night. Like, I mean, that is a damn good day. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what is the best is that when you first start doing it, you know, it's like, oh my God, what are my three things going to be? And then you get to a place where you're like, oh my God, I was so grateful. I just had this experience where my iPhone broke. It just, the damn screen just stopped working. And all I kept thinking is, oh my God, I'm going to have to go buy a brand new $800 phone. And I was so like, I was just upset. I was like, I just, I want my phone to work, you know, Understandably. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't need teleportation. I just need like texting and like basic services. Mm -hmm. And all I kept getting caught up on is I'm going to have to spend a grand to get a new phone. I was so upset. And I went in there and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hold that intention. I'm not going to go there. I'm just simply going to tell them what happened and Apple is going to come through for me. And they did. They were like, oh my God, you know, we're so sorry for whatever reason your screen has stopped working. I didn't have a warranty. My, my phone is like four years old. It's an iPhone six. I know it's outdated. I don't give a flip. It works. <laughs> and they were like, we happen to have a brand new iPhone six in the back. We're just going to go ahead and give it to you for a hundred bucks. Oh my God. I was kissing their feet. I was so happy <laughs> because I got the same exact phone. It works and I only had to pay a hundred bucks. Are you kidding me? That went in the joy journal. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet it was number one that day. So, you know, I have days where like, but the, the point to that is, is that I was so incredibly grateful that I didn't have to spend a thousand dollars for a new phone that I didn't want. I actually don't like the new phones. I think they're too big. There's too much technology. I didn't want that. So you know, there were so many other things and I got exactly what I wanted. And I was just so happy about that. And I think a lot of little things like that happen for a lot of people every single day 
And instead of really putting a positive spin on it and holding that heart of gratitude for it, it's like they just totally overlook it. Like, of course, that's how it should be. Like, (laughs) I should have a fork. I should have a working phone. You know, I think we have, yeah, I think we really have this level of entitlement. I think if we, you know, flip the script a little bit and we really look to those mundane things and really start seeking out those little things that matter, they add up. And then when you have 10 things that night, Here's the best part. It has been scientifically proven that if you focus on positive things and positive emotions and positive feelings before you go to bed, you actually sleep better, you actually process your day better, and more positive things result, and you wake up happy. This has been proven. Right. Yeah. That's why it's such a great idea to do your gratitude journaling at night right before you go to bed. Yeah. And I think it was Wayne Dyer that I first heard this from um, years ago, and I'm blanking out on the book, but he actually talked about how every night before he went to bed, he would talk, you know, he would write down um, his joy that he had and the things that he was grateful for, but then he would talk about the things that he was hoping to achieve. Mm -hmm. So when he got in the good emotions of the gratitude for the things that had happened, when he got into that space, then he would start focusing on the things that he wanted to manifest because he was in the good juju. And then he would go to bed and then his subconscious would work on it to manifest it in his life. I mean, hello, (laughs) magic. That's a life hack. (laughs) Right? Like major life hack, Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. So give him credit for it. But let's talk about, um, you also have my pocket gratitude book. How is it different from the my pocket positivity? And, you know, for me, I think gratitude is a game changer. I think it um, really, it's, it changes your emotions. It changes your feelings. You know, it changes your everyday sense of entitlement towards, you know, the things that we do take for granted. But, you know, why did you write the book and, and how is it different from My Pocket Positivity? Right. So there is the chapter in My Pocket Positivity that focuses on gratitude. So um, there is definitely a little bit of overlap there. But the difference with My Pocket Gratitude is, is that the entire thing is focused on ways to be more grateful. And it's not just gratitude in general, although that's important as well. It's divided into different types of gratitude. So chapter one is exercises to cultivate self-gratitude, gratitude gratitude towards yourself, which is really important. Um, And really hard. (laughs) And really hard. Yes, it is. (laughs) That's the hardest one for me, for sure. Um, Chapter two is about gratitude towards your body, which is also another hard one for a lot of people, but very important. Um, Then we have uh, cultivating gratitude for others, Cultivating gratitude for your past and your present, another difficult one. Um, Cultivating gratitude for your surroundings. And then finally, uh, cultivating gratitude in tough times, which is when it's hardest to do, but when it's probably most important. Um, So there's, I think, I think it's 150 exercises in here um, and they're divided into those categories. So it's another book where you can think, you know, wow, I really want to work on being more grateful to myself. I'm, I'm not very, uh, very good on my self gratitude. You can flip to any page in that chapter and you'll find a good exercise that can help you set you on that path. Um, or if you just sort of want to be more grateful overall, then, you know, flip through it and, and put your finger down on a random page and see if that's an exercise that you would like to try. Um, and again, just, just as we've discussed before, it's, 
it's about practicing it, it right? It's about keeping this book um, with you, you know, if you enjoy the exercises and pulling it out several times a day. That is how you really cultivate um, a lasting permanent personality trait level sort of gratitude. I love it. And I, I just think that this is so needed in our society today. And, you know, there's so many bad things that are occurring. And, and I don't think that it, it's bad to a level like it, it's never been this way. I think it's just the, the fact that because of social media, we're just, it's so much more prevalent. It's so much more in front of us. And so it can be very easy um, to dip into negative soup, get into that loop, and then, you know, not be able to crawl your way out. And I think we've done a really great job in just explaining, you know, the importance behind a positive attitude. And, and, you know, I do think that you have to be positive to really feel the gratitude, but, you know, gratitude is so, so important and it's such a great practice. And, you know, I'm just curious in your own work and, and since you've done so much research just with, you know, the human condition through the surveys and, and finding out what really makes people happy, what have you seen? What have you experienced that gratitude does for people? Oh, what a what a huge topic! Um, books and books and books have been written on, on the subject. Mm -hmm. Gratitude can do so much, um, and of course, it's dependent on on the person. Some people get different things out of it than others do, but there are tons of benefits. Um, and I think one of the biggest ones is just sort of this overall change in your outlook. Um, it opens you up. It opens you up to the world around you. It opens you up to other people and to possibilities. Um, it, it makes it easier to appreciate your relationships, which makes you more open to new relationships, which can open the door to tons of different opportunities. It's just, uh, a, again, a personality trait uh, that, that leads you to new paths. And I think that's just, I can't overstate how important that is uh, for a lot of people. But even besides that, um, research has shown that gratitude actually makes you physically healthier. Of course, it makes you psychologically healthier, um, as we already know. Uh, it makes you more empathetic, uh, more compassionate. It boosts your self-esteem. It boosts your self-confidence. Um, it makes you, it just sort of makes you a better person overall. Um, and it's easy to see that when you, especially when you're working with someone who hasn't really given much thought to gratitude before, um, someone who has never had a, a gratitude practice and, and would not even really know what a gratitude practice means. Uh, when, when you take someone from, oh yeah, I guess I'm grateful for this and that, uh, to an active, regular gratitude practice. It it's like it's like their whole life blooms. It's it's positive changes all around, and it's really really satisfying to see. I agree with that. I've had a gratitude practice for a long time, and I would say that my grat gratitude practice has really gone on steroids in the last probably year or so. And I think that not only does it influence you, but it influences others because others catch on. It's, it's like they're catching your, your chi, as I would say, in my world. It's contagious. <laughs> yes, it's very contagious. And I think you're right. I think somebody who has never practiced it, they can be... Um, they can come off as very selfish and narcissistic and very entitled. 
um, and somebody who can really be appreciative of the little things and kindness. And um, I think that their world does open up. And I think that what's really spectacular is the synchronicities that start to open up in your life because you are emanating a different frequency when you are grateful for the little things and how your life opens up in magical ways that you're like, oh my God, I just got to the front of the line. Oh my God, I just got a free coffee. Oh my God. You know, it's like these little synchronicities open up, but mm -hmm. it's because you're truly, truly grateful and thankful for them. Um, so you get more of it, which right. is the awesome part. You get more to be grateful for. Who you do. Work? That's absolutely true. And there's a couple exercises um, in my books about that, about the more you focus on being grateful, the more you'll find you have to be grateful for. Um, and it's sort of intuitive when you think about it, because if you compare your experience just uh, going to the coffee shop when you're in a bad mood versus when you're in a great mood and you're smiling, it's easy to see how you're treated differently. Uh, you know, people that are, are happy and bubbly and smiling, you know, people may, may buy them a coffee or, or give them a smile back or say, hey, I love your shirt. Um, but if you're in a bad mood and you look like you don't want to talk to anyone, you're not going to get any of that. Yeah, we actually just experienced that before I got on with this interview. We had a delivery today. Uh, of a client's sofa. It was supposed to be delivered today to our warehouse. And um, our delivery window was between two and five. And at 5.05, we get a call. We're thinking it's the delivery guy. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we're like, uh, could you first tell us what you're sorry for? Like, you know, he's just, he's getting ready to brace himself for us mm -hmm. being pissed off. Right. And he said, I'm so sorry, our truck broke down and I'm trying to um, get to you. And the, the real bummer is, is he was literally right around the corner from our warehouse. He broke oh. down like half a mile away, oh, so boy. close. And he was, uh, we were his last delivery and he was just bracing himself for us to just start screaming and yelling in the phone. And we were just like, that's all right. You know, this shit happens. No big yeah. deal not a problem. You know, these things are out of our control, not a big deal. And he's like, y'all seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like he was shocked that we weren't yelling at him and we're like, dude, it's a sofa. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, medicine. Not like, <laughs> we're we're going to be okay. Yeah. And so anyways, um, we called the company and we're like, you know, the, the truck broke down. And, and so they were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We're like, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. And um, they were like, we will get you in tomorrow at 8 a.m. And we were like, yeah, no, we, we do not accept the sofa at 8 a.m. Like they were trying to make up for it. We're like, we're good. Just, you know, put us back on the delivery, the normal delivery schedule during normal hours. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but it was all good. And, and like, we could just tell, like, they were expecting the worst from us. And um, I think that, unfortunately, that is kind of how our culture is. It's like they, they go in with a bite that everything is, you know, catastrophic. And it doesn't need to be that way, you know, approach it with, with kindness. And I'm hoping that both of them, you know, go home tonight and in their joy journal, they're putting in, man, this lady was so nice to me today. <laughs> <laughs> they probably will. They should. I'm sure usually they don't get that sort of treatment, which is too bad. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and I mean, that's just how we roll. We, we run into that kind of stuff all the time where people, you know, the delivery truck breaks down or something happens or they get upset and you know, it, it's whatever, you know, it's, we're not talking heart surgery here. So, <laughs> but you know, I think that people really, um, our culture is just so hypersensitive to everything and they're all so, you know, on the verge of, of a panic attack over small things. And, I think that one of the the greatest benefits of having a gratitude journal is to just really get into the space of, you know, in a year from now, is this really going to matter? Because yes. it's probably not. But when somebody treats you with kindness, when somebody shows you compassion, when somebody shows you empathy, that feeling and how they made you feel is never going to leave you. That's going to be something that you're going to talk about five years from now. Right. That experience is going to be in your mind. Because mm-hmm. it's how it made you feel. So I think that's the thing that is most important. And I want to put you in the hot seat. Um, oh, boy. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we sign off here, um, I want to know what uh, you're grateful for today. What are, what are some mm-hmm. things that you're grateful for? Today, well... I, this is going to sound funny, but it's it's true. I had a really good salad at lunch today. <laughs> did you have a fork? I did have a fork. Amen. Yes. I not only had the salad, I had the fork, I had the dressing, um, and it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, good for you. Let's see. Besides that, uh, well, there was an accident on the way home, but it was cleared up just before I got there, so I got to get home in time uh, to jump on this podcast with you. So that's something I'm grateful for. Um, well, now thinking about your your phone story, I'm grateful that my phone is in good working condition. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my there's my three things. Yeah, I uh, I'm grateful for this interview. I actually did a radio interview uh, just before this, and it was for the the eco book, and I was. Uh, extremely grateful that um, I'm very, I'm a very passionate environmentalist and I can get a little preachy and and go off on a rant. And um, I was very excited that, you know, she like gave me a platform to go off on a rant about palm oil and water (laughs) and, uh, you know, our eco habits. And and she was like egging me on and, and cheering me on. So I was really happy about that. And my clematis, my beautiful clematis out in my garden is blooming. She's got like six massive purple blooms and like, it makes me so happy. I, I feel like <laughs> I go out there and I talk to her, her, her name is um, Samantha and I go out there and I talk to her and I swear to God, she's smiling, which makes me happy because she's pretty. <laughs> so those are my three things that I have for today. And I, I'm sure by the time I go to bed, I'll have three more. <sighs> That's great. You know, it's funny. That's another thing we have in common. I also have a plant that I named. His name is Brosif the Bromeliad. I love it. See, and there you go. For those who listen to the podcast, I always encourage because I'm a huge nature advocate and I'm a huge, I'm really big on nature spirits. And so all of my plants have names. Mm, it's a good practice. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it makes them happier. And I don't have a green thumb, but man, if you name them, then they feel cared for. So like they they tolerate a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it makes you unconsciously care a little bit more about them. <laughs> you know, I think you, you do because you don't want to kill them. <laughs> right. You don't want to kill something that has a name. <laughs> God forbid. Well, 
Courtney, thank you so much for doing this interview. I'm, yeah. I'm this is definitely going in my joy journal today. Great. Um, if people want to find out more information about you and find out about your book, where do they go? How do they find you? So they can find out about my books on the Simon and Schuster website. Uh, if they just type in my name, Courtney E. Ackerman. Um, if they want to see some of my articles, they can go to positivepsychologyprogram.com and just search for me in the blog section. Uh, and I also finally just purchased CourtneyEackerman.com. So coming soon. <laughs> and I, I also have my very own website. You have um, a new book also coming out in about a month called The Five Minute Bliss. Tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's along the same theme as, as the other two, Five Minute Bliss. It's full of, uh, let's see, 206 or something uh, exercises that you can do in roughly five minutes, uh, some a little more, some a little less, to just put a little more bliss in your day, put a little uh, you know, pep in your step and, and give yourself that little boost of, of joy and optimism that we're, we often feel like we're lacking. Um, so that's also from Simon and Schuster. You can get that, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, I think Target and Walmart are picking it up. Um, but yeah, you can go pre-order it now if you're interested. How dare you make us feel so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the worst thing I do today, then I think I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I say so. Well, thank you again, Courtney, for this amazing interview. It was great talking with you today. Thank you. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm hoping that after hearing this interview, you all are encouraged to go out and be kind and sprinkle kindness and compassion around like confetti. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Courtney on today is to just inspire and hopefully motivate you to uh, try to uplift others around you because at the end of the day, when you do for others, it really uplifts you and uplifts your chi as well. I've actually, many of the clients that I work with, part of their homework is often doing good deeds. Professor Lin used to always teach us that in order to cultivate our own chi, we had to give and we had to be compassionate and we had to be kind because ultimately we're made of love, right? We come from love, we're made of love, we are love. So give love. I hope that you are all encouraged to do so. All right, everyone. My name is Amanda Gates. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today. Be sure to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, we always love to hear from you and it makes iTunes say, hey, these guys are important and that's what we want so that it shows us to more people, which is important. Uh, if you would like a floor plan rating or would like to learn more about me and all the cool shit that I can do for you in transforming your life, you can head on over to our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, our email is letschat at thegatescompany.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.